what I want y'all to do for me. Bounce it, big it, bounce it, big it, bounce it, big it, bounce it, bounce it, big it, big it, big it, big it, big it, bounce it. Give me fifty, give me what you got, girl. Give me fifty, give me what you got. Bounce it, big it, bounce it, shake it, big it, shake it, bounce it, big it, work it, we just shake it, big it, mix it. Hey, welcome to New Jump City, everybody. I'm very excited. <laughs> we, uh, uh, I am your host, Christian Espinal. Right beside me, as always, is my boy, Joshua Cole. What's good, everybody? Yeah. yeah. And that was our uh, our beautiful sound boy, Brian Bose. I was giving that to Josh. He, uh, oh, well, <laughs> he, ma- he made that sound with his mouth and his voice. <laughs> Did, Brian's uh, superpower is secret soundboard. <laughs> he, yeah. He did that. He's, That's uh, lit. Yeah. Such a talented guy. Um, all right. We have a lot to do this week. Uh, jump is off. Uh, so, you know, we got something special planned. But before that, let's get into some plurgs. Uh, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at the Chris Espinal. Uh, Joshua Cole. At JD Cole underscore three seven. Yeah, yeah. On Instagram as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have a po- uh, Instagram and Twitter for the show as well. Uh, New Jump City. At, you know, that's it. That's the whole tag. Uh, we got real lucky. Uh, did we? I don't know. Anyway, uh, Brian Boss, are you still off of uh, the social meds? Uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to get back on. Well, <laughs> when you inevitably do. <laughs> because we are all slaves to the system. You can find him at Saucy Brian Bossy. Mm-hmm. That that fucking handle is too cool for not to not I have. I know. Maybe, I agree. Maybe Chris. just come and hang out with me. Maybe that would be better. We'll take pictures of each other or something. Yeah. Get, mm. <laughs> I'm down. I'd love to get tagged. It always feels good to be tagged. <laughs> it's like, oh, someone's thinking about me. But, uh, yeah, uh, with that, uh, we got spoilers, you know, the deal. Uh, you can uh, also uh, find us on YouTube. We're on Spotify as well. Uh is there anything else? I don't have my like housekeeping list up here. So, uh, trying to. Oh, we have an email: newjumpcitypod at gmail.com. Email us with uh, all your suggestions, uh, criticisms, uh, all the cool things, recommendations for us to do. You know, feedback. Say something nice to us uh, through email. We love that shit. Uh, speaking of saying something nice, review us on iTunes. Uh, if you love the show, uh, that's the best way you, you could probably support us right now. Besides sharing it with your pals, of course, uh, any like-minded individuals who are looking a sh- like a sh- looking for a show like this. So uh, yeah, give us a preferably high rating on uh, on iTunes uh, when you get the chance. And uh, without further ado, spoiler alert and Brian Balls. Uh, I'm not. I have no commands yet because I, I haven't told us everybody what we're gonna do. Oh um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> Shonen Jump is on break this week, and that is pretty much the majority of the things we cover. So, uh, in lieu of that, we have decided to do our top ten manga story arcs. Wait, shit. You bitch! <laughs> you stepped on my moment. <laughs> you can't just keep throwing sounds at us to wreck it. <laughs> Did not make any of our top ten. Yeah. Trust and believe. <laughs> it didn't really. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, it probably would have if I read mo- uh, further along. But wishful thinking. Yeah. But well, yeah, we're doing a <laughs> we're doing our uh, our top ten favorite uh, story arcs in manga. Um, manga is like pretty good about separating their arcs uh, in, by clear divisible lines. So. Uh, and we, uh, you know, we've got our favorites, uh, especially with shonen manga. So, without further further ado, let's get into number ten. That was really good. <laughs> I'm choking on a granola. Drop bar every right time. Now. I say- <laughs>
Yeah! All right, my, I'll, I'll start it off. Uh, my number 10 favorite story arc of all time, The Promised Neverland, Escape from Gracefield. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. That was, uh, this was like an easy one. When I started compiling this list, this was like kind of the first thing that came to mind. The Promised Neverland has like one of the better opening story arcs of all time. Like, I don't, I don't remember like uh, any manga that starts off as well as Promised Neverland does. Uh, Escape from Gracefield is fucking fire, you guys. It's mm-hmm. a, like the whole week, I couldn't really tell where it was going. It always threw me for a loop. Uh, and that's why I chose it. That's my number 10. Um, but that's, that's being said. What's your number 10, Josh? Uh, for number 10, I'm going with the, um, with Bakuman. Oh, shit! The, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> uh, Flash from the Past, uh, the Detective Trap arc. Oh, where, But more specifically, Detective Trap into Hiatus. Oh. Now, honestly, this made my list because I didn't really feel how deep this arc was until it happened for me with World Trigger, you know? <laughs> like, I, it, it sucks because, you know, they, they had something really good going. Bakuman was a manga about uh, two manga creators. It basically uh, was really parallel to what's, what actually happens, like, in the jump. It was it was based on jump, right? Like the actual yeah. jump, right? Yeah. So, yeah, they had a great. Uh, the two main characters had their like first great series going super well for them, and it was like climbing the charts and the rankings. And then uh, one of the main characters got sick, and eventually, yeah, the series was on hiatus, and ultimately got canceled. The artist uh, Moritaka, he got sick, which is very much like what happened in World Trigger, which, but thankfully he didn't get canceled instead. Uh, yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> oh my God, I was so scared. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, is that all you got for number 10? Mm-hmm. All right. Brian Boss, number nine. Yeah. Number nine. My number nine is uh, My Hero Academia, My Villain Academia. Uh, this story, this arc would probably be higher if it was done by now. I, I, I often went back and forth as to whether like I should include arcs that aren't done. That aren't yeah. finished, fair. But no. I, I really I really enjoyed this arc. Um I'm, I had a great time. We covered it on the show, so and I'm always enthusiastic whenever I talk about it. Uh it's been a fun arc to talk about it and it's a long time coming to get some backstories on characters who've been here since like chapter twenty. Yeah, they aren't this isn't like bad guys just popping up out of nowhere. We always we're interested in these guys' backgrounds and, you know, getting a lot of it. Yeah. It's a, it's been a fun arc to read. And I think it's my favorite, like, arc in My Hero so far. Uh, it was hard to pick, though. If I was going to pick, like, an arc for My Hero, it was it was a heavy heart I had to pick this one. Um, but, Brian, what, uh, Josh, what's your number nine? <laughs> number nine uh, is uh, from One Piece. Hey. The um, Impel Down arc. Wow. Yeah, man. Um, I think it wasn't during while like One Piece was out, but it was when I went back and started reading it from the beginning and got to Impel Down. Mm-hmm. That was around the time where I really started to see that he was growing into his art style. Because a lot of the the whole point was that he was down in a prison, like miles underground. It was pretty wild concept, but it was a lot of dark and grunge and. He just made it look so well. I guess that's like where I fell in love with his like with art style. Yeah. So that, and plus you know you had characters popping up like uh, uh, the 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 Yeah. Um, What's it called? Invercar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like some of the wardens, like the wax guy, 
the po- no the poison yeah. guy and then the wax guy came back he was someone from the past and like put on for his team yeah a lot of people that luffy and his crew beat return in this as allies yeah. and it's it's a pretty organic way to do it in terms of a jailbreak it was super organic yeah you, yeah but uh, the clown yeah, yeah buggy was there uh yeah that was a great arc uh yeah, never never really you know read something like that before yeah in any type of media all right well that was number nine let's get into number eight <laughs> my number eight bleach the soul society arc mm. this was the last arc where bleach was good uh <laughs> but and it was a good it was such a great arc though um i haven't read it in a long time but when i was combining this list this is something that's like stuck out of my mind immediately uh aside from what bleach becomes <laughs> i think from top to bottom <laughs> i think from top to do- bottom bleach was pretty good from the start up to this point and if it had maintained that quality of writing then it would have probably been higher like this whole series would have probably been more memorable in my mind but um even taking into account like Aizen is the direct result of this series uh like as an antagonist that twist was really good his faking yeah. his death was I had did twist not at the see time. that coming at all mm-hmm. and a lot of the be- like this is where the uh the grand cast of Bleach is introduced in general so mm-hmm. The better characters in Bleach come in here, and they are displayed as antagonists, which is an interesting way to start with, like, in terms of introducing, like, a supporting cast where everyone hates the main character at first. Um, But, yeah, that was my number eight. What was yours? All right. For uh, number eight, I've got World Trigger. Oh. Uh, Rank War number two against, what was that, Susanari two? Oh, just one Rank War. Susanari one. Susanari one? Which one? they They fight him twice. Um, the first one. Oh, wow. But there's, what That's is their second the, rank. It's their second like major rank battle. Yeah, that was. Weird. It was the one after they fought against uh those that sniper team mm-hmm. and the dual the dual attack. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, tss, oh my gosh, this I think this was the fight because I was already hooked onto the series. I already liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was the fight that kind of made my mind explode and and say, wow, there's so much more potential for this series. You know, it's more than what it seems. Um, mm-hmm. they. It was just the whole strategy aspect of it. They started the map by just blowing up the centerpiece of it. That's something that no one considered. Like, they blew up the bridge. You know what I'm saying? And limited. Mm-hmm. Like, they, all right, they made a strategic decision that, okay, even though this was going to interfere with us, we still have the better chance. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? It was so, oh, man, it was so tactical. Yeah, that was the and second the rank war. Just how just, you got this little, this timid, meek little girl just, Boom, blasting f- fucking bridges apart. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one, man. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> the fight with Kuga and uh, and and, uh, and Murakami. Yeah, Murakami. Yeah, they was giving it up filthy. And yeah. we didn't know who was going to win because, you know, he was stacked. He was fighting against someone with a really tough ability. Yeah. And they took it to the water, man. Yeah, they were, man. They he fought killed him in the water. And the explanation was perfect. They said, you know, hand to hand, Murakami got it based off his ability, mm-hmm. but he can't, you know, you got to put him in a. He can't in fuck a with you, my different, dog. No, he can't. He, yeah, they had to put him in a unique scenario that he hasn't been in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kuga has more overall yeah. experience. It made sense. You must uh, technically had to cheat in order to win. Uh, Listen, ain't no cheating. <laughs> I know. Fighting, you, hey, man, I don't, I don't blame him for it. It wasn't technically cheating, but in terms of just like these straight up combat things that they did. He, he turned a low percentage situation into an at least 50 50. Yeah, yeah. 
possibly a 60-40 because, you know, he's more comfortable in, the, in that kind of environment. Right. Anyway, yeah. Well, that was number eight. Let's move on to number seven. <laughs> My number seven, Food Wars, Stagiaire. Uh, God damn it. This was such a great arc, and it's only held back by the fact that there isn't more. Uh, it's pretty, at this point, it's kind of established that this is very much Soma's story, and, um, you know, I, I guess this is when I start to accept is like, we're not going to get a whole lot from the rest of the main cast from here on out, but, uh, man, this was such, like, an interesting story arc because it was, like, a real, it felt so real, you know? Uh, we talked about this before when we covered, like, Food Wars, and Brian can attest to this, I guess. It was pretty true to life as how to uh, do, like, a restaurant internship. You really feel, like, the pressure of the kitchen and all that stuff. I love watching, mm-hmm. like, cooking shows and all that shit. So it really got to me in that in that respect. I only I only wish we could have gotten, like, maybe Megumi's, you know, whole thing. And they build up... Um, somebody else's. Yeah, they, built the, <laughs> they build up Nikumi, her thing, that she was supposed to know this ultimate roasting technique. And um, the smoking guy was just like, I'm not done trading yet. And it never got paid off, you know? Hmm. It was good to Never see. Paid off. We get these glimpses of these other characters. I'm like, I wish we would have spent time. But that's my number seven. Brian, you wanted to say something? Uh, yeah, just as uh, a stagiaire, like doesn't necessarily need to last a long time, especially if you're you're coming in later on. But like as, as a student, it should have should be like a six month thing. Like whoa, and we could have just been in on it for a while. You know yeah. what I mean? And bouncing around and seeing them between the different. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. yeah, something like that. We I mean, you know, yeah, it's. Food Wars, uh, for me, is an infinite um, place of, like, what if? Yeah, really. <laughs> what if they would have just tied off a few more? Yeah, sense? and what I'm not saying you needed to that. spend time with every yeah. single character. But the stage, that was, it was great. Yeah. Uh, that was, you know, I felt something on, on some level very much connected with me. Yeah. So I, I thought it was great. Yeah, that one rules. Um, Josh, what's your seven? Uh, one Piece again. Oh shit! Yeah, One Piece. I can <laughs> tell you guys, it's one. It's it's the best. It's not the best because World Trigger is. <laughs> but one Piece, respectfully, is the best. Anyway, um, the Shibori Arc Archipelago. Yeah. Arc. Um, it wasn't very long, but so much happened in just a few chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, we seen. I don't want to say Luffy's maturity, but we kind of seen him take a stand where normally he was kind of just defending friends and such. He, he he stood up for freedom, mm-hmm. you know, and what they had, and that's I think this is when One Piece was starting to get a lot deeper. I don't know if Robin's arc happened yet, where they showed what happened to her people. No, yeah, that I was way before. It, yeah, it was before. It was, uh, yeah, well, regardless, it was still starting to take that dark spin, and then you know all, all the uh, supernovas pulled up. Yeah, you got introduced these oh, new uh, these new characters that were basically like. Luffy's peers and we haven't seen that at all like mm-hmm. you know so it was, it was really exciting and then you can't forget the heavy hitters like uh Kizaru pulling up the admiral Ooh. seeing who the big boys are <laughs> yeah man nigga he had he harnessed the power of light can I tell you man like I yeah Ichiro is a is, is a wicked dude it's weird because like Kizaru's power is so realistically broken in a way where yeah. you're like cool with it because of course when I, you become light like you are a physical manifestation of what light is. Like he can like reflect himself, his very body off of like mirrors and glass. Yeah, he uses it in pretty unique ways. But uh, yeah, that arc is when like 
hockey balances everything out in, in one piece, you know? Mm-hmm. So whenever you see over-the-top things, you just know that, all right, well, somebody else could stand up to it just because hockey is yeah. a thing. And and I like that. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I think and the most impactful thing is when the team got split up oh, by Akuma. He started smacking everybody away. They was all trying their hardest. Everyone pulled out their they best moves just for it to not even matter. Mm-hmm. With with Luffy standing at the end like a G, like yeah, yeah. There aren't many situations where Shonen protagonists lose, and they lost so hard. And to think like they in all one did. piece out of all of them is this, this like goofy, mm-hmm. lighthearted series where it's not an all around loss because there was a purpose behind their like splitting up. But had it been anyone else. It would have been a devastating loss. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's it a pretty set good up, one. you know, it set up interesting storylines and development. You mm-hmm. know, we still Beautiful don't know. Arc. And it led into, you know, the impel down, which happened a few arcs after. So, yeah, this is a huge catalyst. Yeah. And that's this further cemented, you know, my respect for One Piece. Yeah. All right. Well, that was number uh, seven. Uh, now it's time to move on to number six. <laughs> That was just sad. (laughs) What's on my number six? (laughs) Are you counting them by the name of the number? How's the sounds are numbered on your soundboard? Yes. Oh, well. All right. (laughs) Fair. My number six. (laughs) That is fair. (laughs) (laughs) My number six, uh, Ice Shield 21, Devil Bats versus the Shinryuji Dragons. Ooh. (laughs) MF. Honorable mention, though. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, this was a great one. I love I Shield Twenty One. I've I've talked about it a lot. We uh I did this uh the comics we love hashtag on our Instagram about it. Uh, it's such a fun like. I love how Ice Shield kind of just doesn't have any flags in it. Like they play football in this manga and nobody gets personal fouls. But yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't remember there really be much like yeah. Yeah, and uh, this is kind of probably one where like a bunch of flags would have gone up, but it's a down and dirty like football match it's very physical very and it's by and it's with an antagonist that i thought would be the final villain of it all yeah it was very weird yeah but the uh, way they foreshadowed him too like early on in the series yeah but given like what they face later on it makes sense uh the the devil bats are just like the upstart just football team you know in japan the main characters of the crew they play iron man football where they play both offense and defense, which is something no other team does. And, and no team can do, yeah. by the way. Just, you know, this is a manga guy. Especially considering that every one of the Devil Bats, except for maybe the the offensive line, is weak as fuck. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, they're fighting against a team that's very known for, like, their aces, just athletic ability. Like, the guy is just basically a god. <laughs> he yeah. can, like, react to things within, like, point one of a second. The greatest running back ever. Yeah. It's like, uh, this is by the creator of Dr. Stone, so there are these uh, exaggerations of just regular-ass traits that a human being can have. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I just threw that comparison. And it's pretty much to, like a not super athletic team versus an elite fucking a- team in a terms of... A team that of really knows football. Everybody has their own rival. Yeah, there are two quarterbacks on this team that play simultaneously. Oh, it's so lit. It's like they're, they're brothers. Yeah, the twin brothers. and they're, they're The main pink. antagonist has a brother, and he's like the... He's tame and even keeled, and he's just, you know, real serious. It's a punk Japanese dude with dreads. No, the other brother is just no, a... Yeah. Yeah, it's, 
<laughs> is an asshole. Yeah. For, you know. But uh, it was a kick-ass match. Uh, I loved it a lot. Uh, Josh, what's near number six? Hold on, let me pull that up. Okay, number six. Okay, Assault on Hueco Mundo. Wow! From Bleach. Oh, yes. Now, <laughs> I, I may be one. cheating a little bit because this is a pretty broad arc, in my opinion. My number one is a pretty broad arc, so it's... Oh, okay, it's okay, okay, okay. Well, anyway, this is when you've had, like, the side characters come in and then you had a few of the captains come in. This was... Uh, Right after finding out that Aizen was a bad guy, we learned that uh, the Hollows, there were smart Hollows that had Shinigami-like abilities, and yeah. they were building, they had this scheme going on in, in Hueco Mundo, the land where all the Hollows were. You know, they they, it, they go into a new world. Everyone powered up, had their own abilities, and they showed out. It was so sick. One of the biggest memes ever was born in this arc uh, with our dear character, Chad, <laughs> um, the Mexican Japanese Japanesian I don't know how what they Japanese. call it. yeah <laughs> anyway yeah that guy Me- uh, Mexanese he had a Mexanese there you go no I don't want to say Je- that mm, sounds real ignorant Mexican Je- Chad <laughs> Ch- Chad the character from Bleach he had two huh, man listen he whooped somebody's ass and we was really happy for him and then he lost like a little Bitch. Yeah, and that's pretty much what uh, Chad's relegated status is. Is be cool for a chapter and for then, one moment, and, and then ripped in half. <laughs> yeah, and this is this is the problem. Like he lost. All right, he he tried really hard for this victory, and it was so lit, and it was so rewarding to watch happen. And then the next bad guy comes and just deals with him rather easily. And yeah. it wasn't because Chad was tired or weak or nothing like that from his previous fight. It was just because Chad was too weak. Yeah, in well, general. he was nerfed to make the story more dramatic. <sighs> anyway, I would say Chad is very much the Megami of Bleach, where like you're rooting for him with all your heart, and he does some cool things, but then he gets like destroyed by dude. That's villains. that's a real nice way to put it. I think Chad's situation was hella worse. Yeah, <laughs> it, they treated him so bad, man, and that was kind of the core issue of Bleach in general. However, it still was a memorable ass moment. <laughs> In a in an arc that was overall really exciting and cool, you had Mayuri, you know, experiment cool on his own bankai to beat this guy. Then Kenpachi fighting against the dude with the sights. Yeah, yeah, it was a cool arc. Thinking back on it, I think it was my favorite combat arc mm-hmm. from Bleach. All right, in general. Yeah, I would say so. That's pretty cool. Okiora was a great fight as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that was our number six. Let's move on to the top five. All right, my touch the sky. <laughs> my uh, number five, Haikyuu, Karasuno versus Inarizaki. Inarizaki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the most recent arc I've read. Uh, Karasuno versus Japanese. <laughs> I'm not like caught up on Haikyuu. Uh, I, ju- I just got up to the like, I just finished the mat- the recent match that was done in the American volumes. Mm. Uh, Haikyuu is like one of those series that reminds me why I love like sports series and why I got into sports in general. It's just kind of like an inspiring thing. Yeah, he's not lying. Chris was never into sports like that, like that, until much recently when he started reading these comics, and I'm very happy. Yeah. Started with Epo and then, like, Ice Shield and now, like, volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Haikyuu was, like, uh, th- at this point, like, the Kara- like they're getting close to the end of the tournament, I imagine. I think they're at least halfway done with it. They're this big tournament that has been taking up the majority of the story. Uh, they're going up against uh, Inarizaki, which is their aces are these two, or these twins. 
uh, also <laughs> very similar to iShield, just very talented twins uh, in very different ways. Um, yeah, and it's pretty much also like I showed one of them is like really rowdy. And it's also the current arc that I'm reading right now. <laughs> Shit. Oh, man. Uh, it's that, it's well, that good, spoiler huh? free. <laughs> it, it has been really good. Guys. So far, it's been my favorite. It's been it's been my favorite match, but it did just finish. So it could change from here. Uh, I'm not going to say any more as to not spoil Josh. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> what's your number? What's your f- number five? Number five. The pain fight. Oh, Naruto. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, you guys are gonna note realize a theme with with all of my top picks that uh, they all have some type of connection to me. Like it's like they're not maybe the the best written or the best drawn, et cetera, et cetera. But they all drew a, a certain feeling. I have a memory of it. So the pain fight was literally when I first started reading manga. Mm-hmm. Because I had been watching Naruto and anime for uh, a while, and I've seen a lot of cool stuff, but it wasn't until the pain fight, and I seen how great it was drawn, and I just seen Naruto all grown up just whooping ass, literally. Like, this whole dude came through and, and blew up the whole fucking um, village, and here Naruto came bossed up with his dad's um, robe on, like. I didn't even, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know what time it was at all, <laughs> at all. I knew Pain was a was a big, strong, bad guy, duh. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know Naruto was on some, you can't beat me, none of y'all niggas could beat me. Yeah. That, that's exactly what happened. He he pulled up and, you know, Pain almost beat him, all right? Yeah. He almost beat him. He not Him and Hinata had a moment. She basically proclaimed his, her love for him. And then she got smacked in the face. And got smacked. <laughs> and that triggered Naruto to go, Eight, eight tails and blow boring. up a fucking moon. This dude crushed a whole turn a this nigga turned Naruto into a moon and he broke out of it. Yeah, I I'll never forget that. Like, this is <laughs> like when Naruto started to push the boundaries as what ninja can do. Oh yeah, it was. I didn't even care. But it was, man. Yeah, but it was it so was so cool. over for that ninja shit. Yeah, like, it's like one of those things that's like so fucking shonen. They have like a, been Dragon Ball Z. Bro. Yeah, they have like a badass entrance for the hero. It was like it was like so subtle and not like that big a deal. He just like popped in on like three giant frogs, just like just in the nick of time I'm before things here. were too bad. And then he just like punch, started punching people without even really punching them. Yeah, he was force hitting people. Yeah, and it then, was wild, man. And using sage jutsus. Oh man, sick shit. In a lot of ways, it's also just like it's also the biggest moment for Naruto as a character. Yeah, it's he like, put the whole village on his back. Yeah, it's the first time, like, Naruto's whole thing about becoming the Hokage was so the entire village could respect him because of the hardships they put him through throughout his life. And at the end of this fight, he kind of just gets that without even becoming the Hokage. Everyone's just on his side and are super thankful to him. And He might as well, he was the Hokage in my mind. Yeah, that, that. Was a, that, that was pretty much the moment solidified as everyone's on board. Like, eventually this kid's going to become the Hokage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. He's, he's, it's, all right. He's legit. Yeah. But instead, Danzo becomes the sixth Hokage. Yeah, because we don't, unlike the Sand Village, we don't like 16-year-olds to be our president. No. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was number five, right? You, you good on that? Yes. Uh, moving on. Number four. <laughs> uh, Attack on Titan, Return to Shiganshina. Uh, I've just been starting. I've, this is kind of cheating because I watched this. <laughs> but then I, I picked up. Oh, the, no, this doesn't count. This is but, manga. 
I started reading it. I read it over again since I've watched Attack it. on Titan? Yeah. Okay. I have the volumes. I have... Which I arc was collecting. this again? This is the return to Shiganshina arc. Where's Shiganshina? Shiganshina is the main character's home that was taken over at the start of the series. Oh. When yeah. they go into the house, do they get the key? Did they yeah, find this the is key? where they... The whole, t- the whole military has gone. Oh, the remains of the scout regiment of the military are all going to Shiganshina because that's where the cellar, uh, Aaron's father's cellar is. Yeah. Uh, over the course of this uh, arc, we get to see what it is. But before that, there's a badass fucking fight going on um, because the enemy is still there. Like, they haven't cleared out all the titans from Shiganshina. Yeah, they still have these in. dumbass titans running around. Were there any smart ones around there? Yeah, there, there are... There are, I don't want, in I, that fight. I don't know how much I want to spoil. I think I've seen this already. Well, I, you know, I'll say, I spoiler, we did give a spoiler warning. Okay, so there are human, the Titans are all essentially humans that can transform into Yeah, we things. know. Well, so, yeah. There, and the Armor Titan and the Colossal Titan are there, as well as, like, a whole bunch of others outside of the wall, just ready in case they want to run away from Shiganshina. Mm. And the main boss, the head antagonist of the series, is also hanging out. Is that the hairy one? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. I know who he is, and uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people. That's this die. guy's dad, right? I can't. I don't want to say. Dane told me already. Well, you're wrong. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank goodness, because that sounds so weird. Like, why would he be the main bad guy? It makes no sense. But it is. Uh, I don't want to tell you. I don't know if you can get in case you ever wanted to check it All out. All right, just don't tell me. But it yeah. really is best if you watch it because uh, I want. Can I you just explain the fighting? Yeah, the fighting is. What was so lit about the fighting? Well, it's not like, it's not like a, the, these are giant monsters that like you would expect in any other shonen manga. They just like beat each other up for a while, but because was it the reveals that were like? Well, we already know who these people are inside the Titans. Yeah, so, I rem- I know so, I know that there some people from the scout team yeah, turn right. into the armored Titan into the yeah, fire one. Bear right? to- Bertolt is the colossal, and uh, Rhina is the armored Titan. They're both assholes. Yeah. I don't understand why. Oh yeah, they don't make any bones about how big of fucking assholes they are. Like they've ruined everybody's lives. But, so uh, were they children when they turned? Anyway, we don't this know isn't about Attack on Titan. Yeah, we don't know their <laughs> we don't know their backstories yet. But I gotta this read whole, that. This whole fight is just centered around like getting to the cellar, but basically surviving long enough to see it. I, yeah, and the people death, die in this fucking oh, series, yeah. man. And this arc is no exception because fucking big people die. Is here. this after they run into Captain Levy? Yeah, Captain Levi is there because that's the last thing I remember reading was they were running away in the town. Captain Levi has like the most one of the most boss moments I've ever seen any like shonen character do in this series. So, I mean, I don't know. I you gotta check it out for yourselves. Attack yeah, on I Titan. Do. It's a, it's been it's one of those series that's only better as it goes. I haven't seen like a a series that increases in quality as steadily as uh, Attack on Titan has. I have. Well, yes. So have and I. And it's but, actually you know, gonna feature in my top. 10. But I'm very excited. So it's uh, I'm very excited for the last season coming up. What's your number five? Four or four? We're doing number four, right? four right? Yeah. 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 Okay, number four. Okay. Oh, wow. So we're, we're already at the one I was going to say. Hajime no Ippo. Hey! Um, <laughs> the punch arc. That's what I'm going to call it. I forgot the dude's name. Oh, I know. <laughs> but, okay, so Hajime no Ippo is a boxing manga. Um, what is there to say, man? There was this dude that... Uh, Ippo, the main character, had to fight, 
and you know, just another match. Yeah, it's a title defense. Way. It is a title defense. Yeah, Japanese champion. It wasn't like a super high stakes thing or anything. He just, you know, this wasn't someone you wanted to lose to just because you don't want to lose your your belt. However, this dude was talking a lot of shit. This was the first time that Ipo held true animosity towards somebody, and um, it was also the first time we seen him knock somebody the fuck out with one punch in the ring. One punch. Yeah, don't get this nigga mad, yo. For real. I, yeah. I think I called you. I think I was reading it because, you know, I was <laughs> you ca- I'm was. i still me. catching up to this day. It wasn't like live or nothing like that. I, I, I seen that and couldn't believe it. There was so much. Yo, there wasn't a whole lot of chapters building up, but from the, from the moment he, they met each other, he was talking shit about like the people that he came, that Ipo came up with and fought against, and you know you can't do that to a shonen hero. Talk shit about the people he's beaten in the past. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And, for those and, he, and he got rocked for the one time. He he did a somersault, like he hit him so hard his body spun. Yeah. He, from the moment you understand. Yeah. Obviously, it's fake. You can't really do that, or maybe you can, or with, well, not without killing somebody. The dude lived. He doesn't remember the match, though. He doesn't. No, 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 no. <laughs> and the thing is, he the reason he talked so much shit is because he wanted Ipo at his best, I guess. He's about to retire, so he wants to like go out. Against the truest form of the champion, which was like, all right, buddy. You oh. don't even remember it. Yeah. You're probably going to have Parkinson's in a few weeks or something. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Did I mention that his body flipped? Yeah, you did, All right. you did. Yeah, that's it. I, I don't think I need to say anymore. I'll tell you what. Like, this is uh, another important thing about this arc is that it's supposed to. It's like uh, it solidifies the difference between boxing and just wanton violence. Just the idea of boxing as a kind of barbaric sport where the coach gives Ipo shit about this. He's not happy about this victory because he didn't box. He didn't. It wasn't there was no like technique to it. It wasn't like a sport. He had a grudge against the guy, and he knocked him the fuck out. Yeah, it, Ipo, it didn't sit well with him after it. It kind of, now that I think about it, that did kind of start that downward spiral mm-hmm. in his career. Yeah. Because after this, he took the fight against that Spanish dude and then lost, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's two L's on your career, kid. Well, let's not forget to this point, Ipo's done at least like 24 matches up to this point. That's undefeated, true. Mostly, all yeah. by knockout. <laughs> All by knockout. <laughs> even the even the 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 the, the thicker version of him. Yeah. The, 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 Sawa, no, not Sawa. I don't remember his name either. But yeah, this was a good arc. I liked it a lot too. Um, but yeah, uh, that was uh, number four. Now to move on to number three. Naruto, Sasuke retrieval arc. Oh shit! Wait, <laughs> that was number three. This was really hard for me because I was about to put the pain fight in this. Oh. But I will say that I, as much as I love that, that part, and I know it blows away a lot of other shonen arcs out of the fucking water. Indeed it does. It's only that good when Naruto arrives, and the arc as a whole is not that. You know what I mean? Sasuke retrieval arc is, from top to bottom, pure fire. Uh, yeah. You know, and... The best part of Naruto in its earlier days was the supporting cast, and we got to see a whole lot of it here. Um, the you are be- absolutely right. Essentially, the better, like the best characters, the characters that you could feel Kishimoto really gave a fuck about. You know, it was Neji, it was Shikamaru, Choji for some reason. <laughs> Choji. Choji and Kiba. Uh, you get to see Rock Lee. 
gets to see fucking Gara. The your Yo, favorite. Every single one of these characters had their opportunity to show the fuck out. When you want to talk about a series or a moment in manga that really set the bar for the future, mm-hmm. this is one of those. Yeah, for sure. And it ends in Naruto versus Sasuke, the second one, which is one of the best fights ever. I mean, all of these fights are fire. I don't think I can think of a, like a whack fight in this. Every fight is different. There's different strategies employed. Every character Everything, fights a different yeah. way. Mm-hmm. It's it's really just like great shonen writing. Uh, they all come down to the wire in their own ways. Like some of them were really good fights. Some of them were like kind of like really steep disadvantages, but then clutch decision making. It was, and then you can't forget the help from the Sand Village. Oh, man. So, oh my bad, bro. That yeah. that was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good, yeah. man. <laughs> that one's mine. What was yours? Yeah, number three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Sasuke Retrieval. Hey! <laughs> nice. I'm um, glad we to I'm going to go ahead and cheat a little bit, though, and change it. Oh. Instead of the Sasuke Retrieval arc, because I share the same opinions as you, I'm going to go ahead and just say the tuning exams. Ah, man, that was another one I was like so sad I couldn't include. So it came right before um, it came right before the Sasuke retrieval arc, and it was the, a Tsunade arc right before that. But was it? Yeah, Tsunade was before the Sasuke because retrieval. that's when you're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, but you know anyway, it's still like not that far off. This was the first we were seeing of any of the characters at mm-hmm. all and their abilities, and this was really the first of Naruto. I guess I don't know the 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 fight against the the dude that could control ice. That was a pretty strategic fight, but it was still super showing and just kind of all oh, break through and be stronger. This was the first that we've seen. All right, this is what Kishimoto could do as far as like action. And they introduced characters like Con- like the Sand Village trio, like Conquer the the Rock Lead and uh, Gara fight. Ooh. That was that was probably the best one. Um, <laughs> and let's not forget the best match in the whole thing: Ten Ten versus Tamari. <laughs> it was not where she was just throwing knives. <laughs> And she blew it all away, and then just that's it. Uh, <laughs> that's GG. the end. Yeah, but um, no, I'm I'm joking, obviously. But man, Shikamaru Naruto, versus Tamari Naruto versus um uh, Neji Neji was lit. Um, Shikamaru versus um uh, Tamari Tamari. Yeah, that was great because he loses in it, but he gives up when yeah. he's about to win. But he made a point because he said it in a real, like, I didn't really win this because all I did was stall to, to a rule, to a point of rules. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Eventually, I would have. In just, a fight, I would have lost. Yeah. I would have lost Chakra right now. So it, I would have lost anyway. But uh, yeah, that was a great one. I That was also one I was like, oh, man, I want to put this on, but I have Naruto on here already. <laughs> and I'm trying to keep it. Oh, me. I didn't possible. give a fuck, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I double did plenty of times. Yeah, you sure did, man. <laughs> um. But yeah, are you good on your number three? Yeah, that's yeah. That's All right, it. now it's time to move on to number two. One Piece, any slobby? Yeah, of course. And not just that, the whole like Water Seven. Yeah, Water Seven. As say it. In say it. Mm, say it more than once. Water Seven. <laughs> yes. This arc uh, is where. Josh mentioned that like Sabodi is where like shit got kind of real for One Piece. I kind of think it's it, the buds of it start here because this is like yeah, this is where they they definitely crank it up a notch. Because for the most part, like Luffy and his crew, they've had their challenges, but it's nothing they couldn't like go get through. Uh, this is the first time that like they were pushed against the wall and they got really lucky to get out of there. 
What the fuck are you talking about, bro? Let's really let's talk about what really matters in that whole arc. <laughs> we got to we got introduced to Monster Chopper, yeah. Tony Tony Monster Chopper. Yeah. Not to mention it had fantastic fights all the way around. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm <laughs> bullshitting, bro. I just had yeah, yeah, to. No, no I, I agree. Just, I really wanted to beat you to the punch. I, I was agree. Being petty and immature. Oh yeah, he tossed Kumidori, <laughs> and he's still flying to this dog. Day. <laughs> he do, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's out there somewhere in the solar system. Now there's a cover chapter that shows that he landed in the middle of town. Nah, <laughs> I don't believe it. It's still far. That's cat. <laughs> in any case, it was a great time. Frankie was introduced in this crew. Uh, Friend Osuke. Yeah. On and off, my favorite strat, I think. Uh, I just love his design. Um, and, uh, you know, there's the whole Usopp versus Luffy fight. It's the mm-hmm. first time, like, the crew itself has been tested on more of a physical level, also an emotional level, and the ties between yeah. them. Two crew members leave this temporarily for their own different reasons. And, uh, you know, they they fight like hell to get them both back in a way. So, super interesting. Loved it a lot. I still go back to it every now and then. It's just a great arc to read. The soap soap fruit? Yeah, I knew you were about to say that. Yeah, <laughs> let's never forget. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that was my number two pick. No, 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 no. Her power, guys. <laughs> she ate. Okay, so remember in One Piece, you eat a fruit, and it's called the something-something fruit, whatever it is. You could drink, eat the water-water fruit, the chair-chair fruit, the, chair, the chair. Brian Brian fruit, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But she ate the soap-soap fruit. Her, Her ability no. was to clean you. Her her fruit oh, was the oh, bubble oh. bubble fruit, and you know, and you know, you whatever. It was this fucking soap soap fruit. <laughs> Chira Oda is a, is a weirdo. Um, he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna clean you so." Oh, she said, "I'm gonna clean you so much that you're slippery and you can't do anything." And I win. Yeah. How fucking stupid <laughs> is that? <laughs> Brian seems to be into it. <laughs> He immobilizes, she immobilizes you by, like, making you so fucking smooth yeah. <laughs> that you just slip on every surface. And you see, like, if you, in the margins, you see him, like, writing, squee, squee, like this. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, I need that in my life. I'll get home from service, and it'll be, like, yeah. 12. I want to show you. My a, body will be dead, and I just need somebody to, like, sometimes, <laughs> just you know, I soap you down. bare minimum in the shower. <laughs> like, I wash my armpits, I wash my feet, I wash my face. And I'm done. I can't, or else I'm gonna pass out here. Man. <laughs> there you go, Miss Soap Soap Fruit. That's Just what I need. I washes need soap, you soap up real quick. Done literally. and done. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that is her power. <laughs> she does. Uh, I got. I'm. Come trying. on, you wasn't gonna bring that up, and then I wasn't gonna say nothing. I'm trying to stall for time. I've been trying to like move on for time. So <laughs> we can't go through every one of their powers. <laughs> <laughs> there are seven of them. Uh, but if you want to see something funny, this is how she would look if she by chance ate uh, this guy's fruit instead. The giraffe. Oh my god, the giraffe! <laughs> yeah, fruit. Oda drew her as the giraffe. Giraffe fruit. Why? <laughs> just to see, like, because they both ate their po- they both ate their fruits at the same time. So he's just like, this is what she would look like if she ate his oh, fruit I instead. Oh, I see, I see. And she does this sh- soap sheep <laughs> thing where she just wraps herself in bowls. It's pretty great. And she looks like a sheep because of the hair. We were talking about earlier in uh, Black Clover. What's her name? Uh, um, Charmy. Charmy. Yeah, it's kind of, it feels very Charmy ish. Mm -hmm. Very (laughs) Charmy ish. Soap sheep. Soap sheep. (laughs) Yeah. She does nothing with this power, but then she just explodes and sends bubbles at you. And you see, we're you. joking and laughing, but <laughs> Ichiro Oda was dead ass serious. This wasn't like put in a way for him to be laughing and nothing to be funny. It wasn't even like the dramatic anime faces. 
Or it's nothing. also that her she's also a top assassin. So once you're immobilized, she just stabs you to death. A with top a assassin. You see, this is what I, yeah, we like. We was dead ass supposed to take that serious. She has powers outside of her soap soap fruit. Yeah, so she's cooler than Katie Bishop. I know, but <laughs> still, that's a pretty tacky ability. That's fair, I guess. Whatever. Uh, that was number. Did you say your number two? Mm, yeah. No, you didn't. What was it? Oh, did I not? <laughs> uh, no, I started. I did it in these lobby. What was yours? Oh my god! If you weren't just I shitting on cauliflower. Oh <laughs> shit! Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. I gotta, I gotta. Don't you ever read this? Ice? I thought I had all ten <laughs> written down. Is it cold? Oh no! Yeah. Now I'm drawing a fucking blank. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's why he brought the dramatics. All right. Um, I can just think of one. I re- oh my god! Okay, Hajime no Ippo, Sawamura versus um Mashiba. Ma- yeah, uh, that's the Sauramura. That's the dude Wait, from Sauramura's. No, 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 the bloody fight, the Reaper dude against the the, yeah, the nigga Mashiba okay. versus Sauramura. Basically, when the dude left and couldn't box no more, he he yeah, got stretched out. You got it right. Okay, okay, okay. I can't. I know that wasn't my number one, so maybe that was supposed to be number three or something. But okay, it, it was really great nonetheless. Um. This is my favorite character and one of my favorite mangas ever, Hajime Neopo, which I mentioned before. Highly recommend as well. So, Ippo may have knocked that nigga out with one punch, but this was literally like a, a multi, like a six, seven, eight chapter long merciless bloody fight. Like these dudes are elbowing each other and yeah, guys, this is boxing. Like they're not supposed to do that. Yeah, they're cheating. And the referee wasn't letting it rock either, but they... They kept doing it to each other, and people were fucking horrified outside of the ring. Like everyone was excited, and then it just it it just everyone's face just turned bleak. Yeah, they like, ha- oh, hated each other. These guys like oh, man. like first of all, Saramura tried to hurt uh, Mashiba's sister before the match started. Yeah, I forgot about and that. That's why it got so fucking vicious in the ring. It was super personal. It wasn't even it wasn't about pride or nothing like that. Like they. They had beef yeah, as Mashiba, people. You know, he was in it for his sister, and the other dude just didn't give a fuck, and he was offended that he even thought he could say, like, talk to him a certain way. Like, mm-hmm. It was, and it, the buildup too. You know, people were putting up posters. <laughs> it's funny because in Epo, the most memorable poster is when um, Mashiba had to fight against the dude that that is one of the regular dudes Kimura? in the gym. Yeah, and they had him walking up to the guillotine like he was <laughs> <about to> die. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was fucked up. But, um, you know, just everybody knew that someone was probably going to die. There's going to be yeah. a lot of bloodshed. The wild part is that even though Mashiba put the other dude um, in the hospital, he won. Mashiba lost. Uh, yeah, I, did think, I do think Mashiba lost this one, like on a technical basis. I think because he, maybe he ran outside the ring or something like that. I don't that. know. Something happened. Um, I don't know. But uh, this is Saramura's last match as well in the series because he gets into a motorcycle accident after fucking walking outside of the hospital like a crazy person. Yeah, they're getting punched in his fucking face a hundred times. Gets back over and drive a motorcycle at that. (laughs) But yeah, that's how. uh, Oh man, Mashiba doesn't put him in a hospital. I think he did. I think he put her. He put him. Oh, and then he left the hospital. Yeah, then he walks out of the hospital. Yeah, on his bike. On his bike, and it hurts himself so much to the point that he can't. Yeah, he can never box again. Yeah, it was pretty heavy for that because, you know, I did grow to have respect for the characters and like them ultimately. It's so long ago. This series is very long and it's still going. But that fight was like maybe fucking seven years ago. (laughs) It was the Epo moment that that 
led me into remembering this because I was thinking about how like violent it was, and then I was like, nah, that wasn't as violent as 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 this series is. Yeah, this was it. This was the peak right here. But uh, yeah, that's wild, dude. Dude, like the hair was flying around. All the blood looked like a UFC fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was uh, number two. Before we get into number one, real quick, honorable mentions. You said pretty much a bunch <laughs> of ones I would have put as honorable mentions. A f uh, the, the Moon Festival for Food Wars, I'm sure you uh, yeah. got that too. I didn't get that one. I only have two honorable mentions for time, but uh, my first honorable mention, uh, One Punch Man, the current arc, the Monster Society. We're getting to see all the other fucking heroes in the society do shit. Season two didn't get this far, and I'm very sad about it because this shit is fire. We don't cover One Punch Man on this show because it'll just be us being like, this art is so fucking good. <laughs> this fight is so fucking cool, and that's it. That's pretty much all we'd have to say, but know that we are fans of the series, and we're very much enjoying what it's doing right now. <laughs> Indeed. Um my second honorable mention, Hajime no Ippo. Uh, I wanted to put it one on the list, but there was just so I was just like, ah, there's so many others. Mine is uh, Takamura versus Brian Hawk. It's uh, Takamura's first world title fight. Oh man, like when he fights against the black dude, right? I, I no, I think he's just a tan dude. He's it's his oh. first fight against the middleweight uh, in the middleweight decision. Oh, you know, who fights the black kid. Um, the Russian dude fights Bork. against the yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a great fight. It was the first time we got to see like a deep look into Takamura's psychology. Yeah, who didn't just run over his opponent too, right? Yeah. For the for, for the most part, Takamura is this big fucking shithead with occasional moments of genuine like genuine, you know, care and stuff, but this is the this is the part where you finally see his like actual determination to become a great boxer. Takamura's goal is to have to unify all six world champion belts for himself. And I think at this point he's about to go for his third in the current or in the current series. So, yeah, this was the first of it. And it's so fucking good. There was a lot of build up to it, and it was a great moment for the character. But um, any uh, quick honorable mentions for you? Um, uh, my second honorable mention. No, that's just the uh, the food wars one. That was the only honorable mention I thought about. I mean, just off the top of my head. You know, series like from Zatch Bell, the uh, the the ending of Zatch Bell, basically the, mm. the the end game arc for it, where everyone's abilities basically got cranked up like times ten, because one of their one of their adversaries came back and 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 trained them, so it was just a fucking mind blower. And yeah. They, Zatch Bell was really good, and then they just ended it super well. So. All right. Without further ado, number one. World Trigger, the B-Rank Wars. Are you serious? <laughs> you, wait, wait, wait. How are you going to say the B-Rank Wars? It's still in it. I, I said the same thing about my, my hero. But there's each, you know? No, 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 There's That's a big-ass arc. It's not just a big-ass. Mad shit happened in it. That's an arc. Oh, my God. What a cheese. What a cheese. <laughs> you know what? I felt bad about my number one pick, but now I don't anymore. <laughs> yeah. Let's go we ahead. didn't establish rules before. You're this. right. I thought I just thought there was a he's gonna be gentleman about it. You know what I'm saying? But you went ahead and just I can't pick, took the whole pie. I can't just pick one fucking rank war. Okay, they're all so fucking good. You just you just don't understand, Chris. We talk about World Trigger fairly often now that it's back in in the in circulation. And we're pretty positive about it. It's pretty much my First favorite. First of all, I'm just straight up thrilled that you put World Trigger over One Piece. I can't believe it. Yeah, it was, I literally can't believe it. I mean, trust me, if World Trigger didn't exist, uh, I guess it would have been Enos Lobby as my top. 
LOL. But man, World Trigger's just fucking amazing. Uh, and for completely opposite reasons that I like One Piece. It's very interesting. It's not a lot of... Where One Piece is like has this a lot of heart and it has like this this warm like, you know, friendship thing going for it. World yeah. Trigger is not cold to that, but it's more it's way more pragmatic, I guess, would be the word. It's like more I don't know, real to life. It feels like it's a more realistic thing where everybody's very good friends with each other and they trust each other and they they respect each other's ability. But there's not a lot of just like we're gonna do this. We're gonna have our dreams come true, you know. Uh, essentially, they're shooting for second place at best. It's very interesting, and you know, it's it's always just been a big character development thing. Char- character like Takamura two and uh, Tamakoma two in general, just overcoming their little hurdles and obstacles in their personal philosophies and stuff, like Chika, uh, like Chika and Osamu. It's just all so good, and it's, it is the majority of the series, and I am counting it as one arc because it kind of is. But uh, yeah, that's fair. It, it is because there's going to be a, di- a major change eventually when they take the trip. Yeah, but man, this has been a great. This has been a fantastic arc, and uh, I can't wait to see how it ends because this is we're going towards the end of the arc. They've made so many memorable characters. It's going to be heartbreaking, you know, when it gets to a point where you just can't give everybody that time. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see how he handles it. You yeah. know, the sky's, sky's the limit. What's your number one? All right. My number one. Can I tell you this, man? It was a real struggle. And I don't know why it was a struggle because the one that I picked obviously stood. And the one that I didn't pick didn't even make the top ten after thinking about it. Hmm. All right. So, <laughs> the one that I was going to... I'm just going to mention it briefly. The one I was going to go with was Hitman Reborn. The, uh, the Guardians fight. The Guardians battle. When they, was, when they fought to, to see who would be the Vangola Guardians for each of yeah, the... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it was just learning about the, myth, the mythos of, like, of what their power system basically is. But um, I just thought about it and realized that so many of the other choices I made had to do with like characters being developed and such. And, you know, I think other series kind of just did it better. It's just that Hitman Reborn, I, that was one of the earliest manga I've read. So I still have, you know, a connection to it, but instead of going with that, I'm going to super serious, by the way, I'm going with one punch, man, the, uh, robo animal arc. When I tell you that I robo animal, which one was that? <laughs> okay. Do you remember when that, <laughs> Okay, so the scientist, there was a scientist that was uh, creating these animal cyborgs. Oh, wow, that was way back. Yeah, it was like the first, the first real actual arc. Yeah. I love One Punch Man. It is actually my favorite series, aside from World Trigger. Aside from World Trigger. Yeah. Like, the hierarchy goes like World Trigger, One Punch Man, Hero Academy, and then it's a real, really tough going from there probably hajime no ipo because wow. of the history now we can't do a top 10 favorite series oh sorry. <laughs> well, listen 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 i want to well i want to we could listen i haven't <laughs> explained why everything has its reason it's not just oh because it's cool and it's well written and it looks nice everything has an emotional connection to it but mm-hmm. anyway um yeah one punch man so from the first chapter of it you know you seen they were building to something but it's like the author kept T- like wanted to like remind us like hey uh ain't nothing serious going on here even though you wanted to believe like okay this is coming to some type of story this is coming to some type of story because again this was early in one punch man serialization 
So he finally gets to like the last guy at the, like this robot scientist is like, yo, I'm sending some of my best agents. And, you know, obviously Saitama doesn't care about who you send his way because he's going to beat everybody in one punch. But he finally gets to the end and goes against, um, you know, this big beetle monster. And, oh, my God, he goes (laughs) fucking ham. And then the kind of description he has that, like, if he actually escapes the scientist prison, he could probably take over the world and destroy the planet and go to other planets and eat other you know like he he was one of those kind of characters so when he started fighting saitama and really just watching him i couldn't i I never seen saitama hurt like that well so i thought so obviously he ended this whole epic fight in just one hit and that was when i realized like yeah this is like the best series in the world (laughs) he doesn't give a fuck (laughs) And I would not have even cared about reading Eye Shield if I didn't know he was the one that drew this shit. Like, mm-hmm. I, like Eye Shield was cool and well drawn, but this yeah. is him. Like, yeah, this for is sure. his. Oh man! I mean, to this day, I still take. He's gotten so good with being able to balance like the seriousness because he knows what people want. He knows some people. We need it a little bit. You mm-hmm. need something to drive. You can't just. Well, be it's straight building down. momentum, right? So we yeah. need to believe that things are serious before. Saitama walks in and punches everybody once. So, yeah, I think this is all that's a, that the current but, but art this, is leading to. But yeah, that's a great. But one. but that arc, man, that was when we yeah we knew for sure that Saitama was never gonna get fucked with ever. Yeah, ever ever ever. I mean, you know, it's never a bad call. One Punch Man, it's pretty consistently fucking fire. Um, Dude, he made the gorilla guy quit his like (laughs) he seen what happened to the rest of his friends and he was just like you know what i really don't want any problems so let me just tell you uh exactly where the bad guy is at and all this information yeah he told he sang (laughs) (laughs) he sang them tunes yeah well with that being said that has been our top 10 favorite manga story arcs i Uh, thought you were gonna judge me no one punch one punch man is great it is so good why would i judge you it's fucking great um, that has been our top 10. I feel like I'm going to kick myself later about it because I'm going to be like, oh shit, I forgot this. But you know, maybe we'll do a second edition. Yeah, of man. Down we the can, line. you know, feelings change all the time. Yes. Yeah. You know, serious. I might reread stuff. Arcs and maybe at the end of it, of Wano, that will be my favorite arc of yeah, all time. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, that has been our top 10 and we're going to uh, move on to our, uh, American comics for the week because they don't take breaks. Uh, uh, Brian Boss, uh, uh, randomize me. Fantastic Four. Whoa, Fantastic Four. It feels like just last week we talked about this. Um, this is Fantastic Four number 13, the continuation. AKA bullshit. It's not that big of a bullshit. All right, I'm just being. <laughs> it's, it, but it, it, I, I, I knew you would like be like, bullshit. We'll get to it. The thing is getting rocked by the Hulk. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> no, you meant that. <laughs> no, I swear. I just realized it, and I know my character, <laughs> and I want you to know that I didn't mean it. Okay. But I'm not not proud of it. So, sure. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy about it. I just wanted to, you know you to know that it's not intended. <laughs> um. So we have the big boy big boy brawl going yeah, on. It ta- Hulk. Uh, the thing clarifies right off the bat is like people keep asking me who's stronger, me or the Hulk. Trust me, it's the Hulk. <laughs> I knew you didn't have to tell me, Ben. <laughs> but you know, I-, I thought it was like he had a minute left last time, but apparently he has like a whole hour. So, uh, well, not a whole no, hour. that is a minute. You thought he had like w- no? He said he has like I have fifty two minutes left. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why he didn't turn that's into not Ben seconds? immediately. No, yeah, I thought it was seconds too. 
But uh, apparently he's had a 57 seconds. Wow, Hulk has been fucking him up for like 30 yeah. minutes. No, yeah, Hulk continues to fuck. It's ba- we'll keep it simple. The Hulk has been fucking him up for an hour straight. Yeah. And to his credit, the thing is hanging on pretty well. Uh, True, it, it is the Hulk. I mean. he's He reminds me of that part in My Hero where uh, the Rapid dude just beats the shit out of Kirishima. And yeah. he just like stays there. He's like, ah! He does that one last punch. Yeah, that yeah, was, that is very reminiscent. Yeah, it reminds me of that, and I love that moment. So I was, I, I, I love this moment too, where basically the same thing happens. Um, uh, Alicia Masters pops up, and she's like, "You could do this, Ben," and he's like, "You're right, I can." And then he just like takes the Hulk straight on, punches him so hard that the rocks off his skin break off. Yeah, and. To reveal the rocks underneath, I guess. No, he has no rocks underneath. His muscle and bone tissue under there. He has oh, no so his bo- skin is rocks. His yeah. body is not all rocks. No, yeah, no. He transforms into this. Like you even see his like transformation into human. Oh, process. so he's soft on the inside. Yeah, that's muscle and all that shit underneath. Damn. So he hit him so hard that super hard rock blew up off his. Yeah, f- yeah. It's Ooh. not easy to break him. In hit now. him with a cross counter. <laughs> yeah, uh, Miata over here. <laughs> yeah, lightning and thunder. <laughs> Yeah, so the Hulk falls. Uh, I would give it because the puppet master or this guy is controlling him, so it's not as strong a connection, I guess. Like the Hulk is kind of weaker. It's not the Hulk going animal style for his family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's always going to be the Hulk I measure anybody else up against. Yeah. It's pretty clear that This is not World Breaker Hulk, so whatevs. I would would advocate for the thing, but, you know, I I always knew that at the end he would lose, but I'm just saying. Thing's face got cracked open. Is that his brain? Yeah, that is the innards of his body. Yeah. Yeah, that is his muscle he, tissue. And he, 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 he barely got by this one time. Yeah, and just as he won, he turns back into human, and he's been knocked out for seven days <laughs> the entire time. Apparently, he transformed into a human for a week. Yeah, I'm hating on Ben, but I ain't going to lie. He did his thing, yo, for real, mm-hmm. for real. Like, he wasn't no business about it at all. He, he put Brooklyn on his back. And his wife and I guess the rest of the people on the island, whatever. Yeah, he wakes <laughs> up and even in his rock body, Reed has to give him a cast because some parts of his body haven't healed yet. Like they're still exposed like muscle apparently. <laughs> yeah. So he has to wear a cast for a while. And um, he's, he's like, I beat the Hulk in one punch. <laughs> well, that punch. Sure. It took a while. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't lay only one punch. I really like how he's like, oh, man, we couldn't. Start a, we were supposed to start a family this week. Uh, AKA me and I was supposed to be beating yeah. that up. For, yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's censoring week. himself for the Marvel, but in reality, he's just like, oh, I, was supposed a, to, I was supposed to grab them cheeks. Yeah, he's going to do a lot more than that. Well, he has I to bet. wait a year. <laughs> well, now he's got to wait a whole nother year. <laughs> My and, penis is his, gone. <laughs> but his concession, yike. Oh, God, <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to think about that shit. But look. It's just, it's just flat down there. <laughs> at least he beat the Hulk. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, back at the raft, the Hulk breaks into the raft to break this dude's fingers and I guess the rest of the bones in his body. The but, dude that was controlling the yeah. Hulk. Yeah. And that's where the issue ends. Very fun issue. Uh, I love Fantastic They made the Four. Hulk look like a jock or something. Well, he that's is kind of, of a dick. It's kind of consistent to how he acts in, in Immortal Hulk where he's kind of a douchebag. I guess. But um, yeah, that was been a Fantastic Four. Brian Ball, so random. Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Amazing Spider-Man number. Amazing feminism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that's it. That's the only, one, that's the only thing I'm going to say. 
yeah, I uh, I'm still owed one, so I'll, I'll save mine for a bit. Um, Amazing Spider-Man number twenty-seven. Give me the easy ones. I mean, right? look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be mean to it. I don't. I'm not against the message. It just feels I'm not heavy. against the message. It's just fucking heavy-handed. It's the same thing that uh, Jason Aaron did with Avengers, where he's just like, it's very much like, dude, rights feminism, <laughs> you know. So, but this is how it goes. Uh, the uh, the all female supervillain team, uh, the Syndicate, I think they call themselves, uh, have just blown up the Feast uh, Center and are going after Boomerang. They have no respect. Yeah, they hate this guy. And I guess they are villains, with good but... reason. Boomerang's a piece of shit. For uh, sure. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, he really is a clown. I mean, he <laughs> when they show the part when he was hitting on the girls. Yeah, he hits on all of these women. <laughs> He's hit on all these women in various points in their time. In the same way, though. Yeah. Like, hey, nice costume. It's his line every time. Every single and it's time. fucking sleazy, but it was kind of funny. He was just like every time he's like, "Hey, nice costume." And that was his stupid line. Uh, but yeah, he's getting his ass kicked by uh, the syndicate, and that's when Spider Man comes in to try to assist. Um, but uh, he ends up losing uh, because Boomerang knocks him out by accident. He throws like a gasarang. Gasarang. The <laughs> Spider Man caught because he was trying to help out. Only yeah. Before it's a backfire, you know. Yeah. So Boomer, they take Boomerang and they uh, they tie him up and they just like decide on what they're gonna do. Um, and then they just like go into their like grievances of working with dude supervillains. It's just like. They they ask they give Electra just like what do you what do you want to do with him? We'll give you control of this. We'll give you the ideas. What do you want to do with Boomerang? And she's like, I have so many ideas that were never listened to by men. And it's like, yeah. and then they all go to just like uh, explain their experiences just with super vil- male supervillains. And she's like, Rhino he wouldn't arm wrestle me because he's afraid to arm wrestle me. Sure. Alistar Smith once mansplained chaos theory to me. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what she said? Uh, oh, she, I thought the well, basically, yeah. she says uh, he once corrected me on the theory of inherited clone memory, and I wrote it. You know, it's like, I yeah, it's like a totally yeah, we get it thing. <laughs> like it's it's just heavy handed. Uh, it's overcompensating, and it's very transparently so. But uh, after this, uh. The beetle, the leader of the group, flies away. Uh, I guess Kingpin is notified that they have Boomerang since they have a grudge. He has a grudge against him. Uh, and we cut to Spider-Man. I forget why, but um, he did. Some- she's kind of backstabbing her group because they they don't know she's working with the Kingpin. Oh yeah, they don't. Because um, electrized beef with Kingpin. Yeah, and uh, the issue ends with Spider-Man heading back to his apartment to pick uh, something up to help track Boomerang when they find out that his roommate Robbie. Who is the son of uh, the Daily News, the Daily Bugle editor that he used to work for, is dating the Beetle? <laughs> I, you know, maybe yeah, Spider Man cool. is, you know, that's cool. It was a good <laughs> issue overall. Um, this, despite the heavy handedness of the message they're trying to push with the syndicate, I do like this issue quite a bit. Uh, the action is fun. Boomerang is a very funny character. He, like, a, he makes. Yeah, he is really funny. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty entertaining slime ball. So, um, and this run's still good so far, so I'm into it. Uh, Brian Balls, random one. He said, is this ice? <laughs> Dickhead, is it cold? <laughs> <laughs> event Leviathan. Whoa, Event Leviathan number three. Uh, Nobody trusts each other. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have dark, really noir, smart, 
quippy lines about, but uh, how can I trust you, though? How do I know it's not really you, though? <laughs> I mean, they didn't know D. I'm being real cynical. Well, basically, this issue picks up, like, I guess after the the chase with Red Hood. Uh, basically, Red Hood barely survives their chase um, through the blunder, the constant blunders of actually Green Arrow, I feel. Like, I feel like they probably could have gotten if it, if Green Arrow hadn't interfered as much as he had. Um but yeah, Red Hood essentially gets away. But before uh, he talks, before he does, he gets to talk to Lois Lane, uh, and he basically she explains like, if you're being framed for this, then why, then why, why are they going after you in particular? And it's because I'm fucking Red Hood. This is very much my mo. This makes sense for me. Uh, this is <laughs> this is news to me, but at the same time, I don't know that much about him. So it does make sense. I just know that he's Jason Todd, and he's hella edgy because he died and came back to life. Pretty much, but yeah, that's uh, it. Makes sense. His argument is like, well, yeah, I'm um, I'm an antihero. Wouldn't I be the one most likely to do something like this, where like I'm taking down intelligence agencies because I don't like the way they save the world, as opposed to how I do it by kicking ass and killing people? <laughs> Maybe I guess. Yeah. Uh, whatever I'll just take their words for it that's and Red Hood's MO sure yeah. I mean it makes sense and Red I Hood I know I don't know Jason Todd like I thought I did and Red Hood like doesn't disagree with what Leviathan's doing but he's also like not on their side as well so there's that anyway Lois and um, Lois pretty much just lets him go because what's she gonna do <laughs> <laughs> not, not it. she doesn't let him go he just walks away yeah <laughs> uh, but in any case uh they keep, uh, they're, they're at the Fortress of Solitude. All the detectives are there and they find that Amanda Waller has left behind uh, this uh, espionage device when she escaped from the Fortress of Solitude. That's super, so advanced that it uh, it slips by uh, Kellex's uh, symbol, uh, sensors. Sure. I mean, you know. Amanda Waller. Nick, yeah, yeah. You know, Nick Fair. Fury of the Mars, you know. Like, she has a way to get around. I guess. Even the get around. I, it's it's not the craziest thing, you know. Um, but once uh, Amanda realizes that they found her thing, she shoots her end of the, her receiving device, and then she walks out, and she is confronted <laughs> by Leviathan. And she's just like, I know who you are. And Leviathan's Could you tell like, me, please? <laughs> and Leviathan's <laughs> like, negative <laughs> yeah he says he says bluffy bluffer no you don't <laughs> <laughs> then he just like roasts her he's like amanda we're all genuinely surprised you haven't taken your own life yet yeah right Cons- he's, he's being sincere <laughs> considering the fact that what we're about to reveal about what you've done in, in your lifetime i'm surprised you haven't just hung yourself by now <laughs> and um yeah uh he uh, he arrives with his goons and they're just like, we're going to take you now. It's either that or we're going to kill you here. And uh, uh, that's when, luckily for Amanda Waller, Superman himself pops in. Mm-hmm. And that's where the issue ends. Uh, this is going to be cool. I, ima- I, I don't know what's going to happen here. I imagine they get away. <laughs> but um, I guess by next issue, we should probably see what Leviathan's aiming for here. He's probably going to explain directly to Superman what he wants since he's not overly hostile towards him. Yeah. So the I, whole point yeah. is to get him on board. He Leviathan's not trying to take down heroes as much as enlist them, uh, convince them that his way is the best. So it's a different kind of fight, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely going to be mental. I'm lo- that's why I'm really looking forward to it because this isn't about Superman, the big strong guy. This is about Superman, the 
ide- you know, his idealism, yeah, or whatever, like what he represents against whatever well, Viathan wants to spit to him, and also like the superhero status of the DC universe as a whole. It's distinctly different from Marvel, in which uh, everybody's just kind of the ideal person for the most part. So it's good to it's going to be interesting to see how Brian Michael Bendis tests that with this series. So that was a uh, event Leviathan Brian Balls Run. Oh god, bad news this is a long one, mm. <laughs> Nine more seconds of this. Oh, well, stop it. Oh, yeah, Powers of X. Ye fucking cool. Okay, so this is more focused on the uh, relationship between uh, Magneto, uh, Moira, and uh, and Charles Xavier. Uh, we start off in uh, year one. Uh, Moira has taken Charles, who's in a wheelchair now. So I guess a lot of things have happened since they met. So when he was sitting in the on the on the bench, maybe he was still a cripple. You no, know, he walked over to the bench. But why would they wait so long for things to? I guess he, like they that. had to wait because when by the time he was walking, the X-Men hadn't formed yet. So I guess he had to wait for this to happen. So she stood by him the whole time. Yeah. And then. Well, she knows exactly how things are supposed waited. to play out. So this is before so. Magneto even, you know, reveals himself as the enemy or whatever. This is after. This has to be after because they have a history up to this point. Uh, when Magneto, when uh, Xavier White uh, arrives on Island M in the Bermuda Triangle where Magneto hangs out. But then out. why would Maria let them have their disagreement that led to them not... I don't know. Maybe it doesn't make. It just doesn't make sense. I think that this... I think I think he was already in a wheelchair. <laughs> I think but that's he walked that. over to it. When? He walked... He was walking dur- during year one. Like when Moira first introduced herself to him. So some time had to have passed. Maybe not all that much. It's just weird, man, because, you know... It is strange. They're, they're supposed to be sharp with the whole timing and, you know... N- yeah. Non-loopholes situation. And I, what do you call that? I'm going to give him the Paradoxes. benefit of the doubt. And my theory is Moira has to let certain events play out the way they do mm-hmm. for some reason. I don't know. Just so Charles... Uh, maybe even so Magneto can be convinced that his way isn't necessarily the way either. Fair enough. Like to True. give it to enough time for experience. both of their idealisms to be eroded in a way. So I, I guess that that's my best guess as to why this has lasted so long. And who's to say it lasted as long as it did? Maybe Charles gets in the year in a wheelchair next year. Like True that. Yeah. After. Like right. Yeah. Yeah. So, in any case, uh, they arrive on uh, Island uh, M and they convince. They basically convince Magneto by. Uh, Allowing him to see all of Moira's life, lifelines, lifetimes, to convince him to join their cause, their that we don't know yet. Yeah, shoved in his face that hey, buddy, you're gonna lose every single time. Hey, this is how how you life can, turns out nine times for you. <laughs> this every, is nine of your lives. Every bro. time you lose, buddy. So you ready to switch it up, or we're gonna keep. We're gonna hold that L again because <laughs> I'm gonna be here next time again. So I don't really. <laughs> yeah, because of the press. So on you. Uh, the X Men Year Ten. Um, back on Krakoa, uh, Scott Cyclops gets uh, he gets basically a mission from Xavier and uh, and Magneto. He's supposed to prevent uh, what will become Nimrod, I guess. 
because I guess these guys are still in a place where they know this is when Nimrod is supposed to emerge. So yeah, yeah, when he, the, yeah. So because his, he's not going to come out as just straight Nimrod, but this is where the programming begins. Yeah, and so you know, obviously the machines do it on their own. Yeah, they're trying to nip uh, Nimrod in the bud. So Cyclops is gonna go, gonna go take care of that. Um, meanwhile, in year one hundred, uh, in the deep future, we find out that uh, Old Man Logan and Rasputin and uh, the Cardinal dude, they all work for Apocalypse. Uh, dun dun dun! <laughs> it's cool to see Apocalypse. Uh, and I, I don't know uh, what the chip is. Do you remember that? I I only read this once, and it's like um, it's supposed to. Some information so that they can locate a uh, weapon or something to help them in this overall war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, information. That's all. Yeah. They had this whole dialogue about, you know, Apocalypse is talking about how, oh, you know, we had to find it in such a way so that it was possible for us to locate. Yeah, whatever. Fancy yeah, words. They got their fold. Apocalypse is in the fold. Um, meanwhile, Nimrod. Shonen, shonen villain kills his two subordinates who are talking shit. Uh, he, yo, that's mad funny. So the dude says he gets mad because the nigga interrupted him while he just didn't agree. He said, "No, really, I'd rather you keep talking to yourself." <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Nimrod's—he uh, can see the mutants. That's what's revealed in this. He knows where they are, and he's just kind of watching them. Um, oh yeah, he he definitely is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, uh, Apocalypse lays out a suicide mission mission for these future X Men. Uh, I don't remember. Do you remember what it was? What they're gonna set out to do? I'm sorry, I didn't really. I read yeah, this, no, but it, it's, it's, it's it's a lot of it's info. a lot, bro. Because <laughs> it's really not. I don't. It's not even the main point to take from this, in my opinion. But yeah, like I said, they found information that's gonna lead them to figuring out a way how to put a stop to the machines. And I guess the, the humans also. Yeah. I mean, we all we know it's not going to work. <laughs> They're going to fucking lose. That's why I don't think it's that that important. And because no, they're not. They they don't they don't specifically mention exactly what it is. It's just a, a node, an information node that they're looking for. That's literally it. Yeah. But in any case, uh, I think we end here on uh, year one thousand. Uh, where even less information is given. Um, there's this future dude uh, with the Cerebro thing now. He's Oh, a, the blue boy? Yeah. Blue man? I guess the X-Men have their own form of the Beyonders, where they uh these all-powerful beings that seem to grant this wish or whatever. And uh, makes them a godly society, you know. How Hickman goes. Yeah. If you only smart people can be important. I mean, I'm not I'm not even High being critical or anything. I'm just Yeah. Yeah, they're he's real big on that. This this bald dude summons these gods and they're like, What do you want? And he's like, Ascension. And then this big orb comes down from the sky and join greater intellectual society. Yeah. And then they have this whole passage talking about the types of societies. Yeah. Oh boy! It's all it, this issue is a bunch of stuff I had to read a second time in order to really be like, what? They basically this is in my all right. The the way I took this was that this was Hickman kind of saying, all right, there have been examples of what I'm talking about in the Marvel universe, and he's trying to like put everything together where it's all connected, right? So mm-hmm. he's talking about the types of civilizations. 
as far as like their intelligence level goes or their impact on you know the greater universe galaxy etc and it goes by uh it's governed by like intellectual life form i mean uh artificial life form so they go have one robot is level one 10 robots working together and uh, what they call a hive is like level two which is basically what you know humanity has at that point where they have like the sentinel machine you know together to create things like a like a super intelligence basically you know what I'm saying? Not like just 10 smart people standing together. Right. Like, you know, AI machines. Then the next step up, I believe, is where it's either 100 or up to like 10,000. And that's where they call the Kree come in. Remember they had their super intelligence machine? Yeah. He basically, it's it's not, I don't want to call it retcon. He basically, like I said, just connecting the dots. He's yeah. saying that they are this level of society because they had that. That yeah. collection of their scientists' minds is really just artificial intelligence, and yeah, it's a lot of shit. <laughs> oh boy, it's a lot it's, of. It's info. important though, and you know Hickman's. I think it's important because he's going out his way to just straight up communicate and tell us, okay, you need to know what these things are. Yeah. For the most part, so you it's have too much information to relay organically through dialogue. So it's it, these uh, supplementary pages help a lot. The question but, isn't what it is. It's about wh- how is it going to relate to the overall story and why is it important, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we see at the end of the world, the the, the all that's left is the mutants, and they're saying that they're the highest level of of sentience on this planet or in this close galaxy because yeah. everything else was dead. Yeah, I don't want to get too stuck up in this because we're gonna, we could talk about this forever. Oh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're but, right. And, we, yeah. and it, we only bring this up because it's hard to recap it. Uh we don't want to be forever with you, We're like just dragging this on. Uh, we still like we still like it. I, it doesn't take away any points for me. I'm just saying. No, not at all. Just it's like, just heavy to talk about. Yeah, one so, podcast. <laughs> but in, in any case, we we dug this. Uh, Brian Ranamon. Whoa! Oh. Detective Comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Detective Comics number mm, uh, one thousand nine. <laughs> um. This is uh this is our first uh, tie-in for Detective Comics of uh, the the year of the villain. Uh, it teases that <laughs> Mister Freeze is gonna be like the star villain in this, but he doesn't come until the very end of the issue. Um, not that I'm mad at it. This is still a good issue overall. It just feels like false advertising. But uh, the issue starts off Batman's kicking ass in Gotham. Uh, he gets home. He's like, it's one of those rare moments where we get to see Batman come home from a night. Where he's just like, he has this automatic bath thing where he's just like, wash the blood off of me. Yeah, that's pretty extra. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> I don't know why they drew that out for us, but okay, I get it. I mean, I already knew that Batman gets into fights, but okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fine. I, I like these little inner moments, like the little things that we don't get to see out of Batman's slice of life. I think I would have been cool without it. <laughs> anyway. Uh Meanwhile, elsewhere, uh, Deadshot is just completing a, a mission. Uh, his this guy who hired him comes down and he inserts a chip. He's like, "Yeah, I got the money," but he checks that he got his money. He did, and then he kills the guy because like that was my last thing. I had to clean up loose ends. Um, Should have known. Why would you ever be a messenger for drug lords and evil people? Yeah, evil overlords. This is a dub, bro. Yeah, me and um. While on a plane, uh, the the thing the job he's hired for is uh, he's supposed to assassinate Bruce Wayne. I imagine, so he just comes on. He's he 
disguises himself as a pilot on the plane. And once they're high enough, he's just like, ha ha, Shiraz you are. And he takes off his wig. Uh, I keep forgetting he has a ridiculous mustache. And, uh, you know, he, he gears up into his full dead shot uniform mm -hmm. and heads out to the plane. You could have just shot him, bro. I don't think you needed to do all this. Uh, and then by chance, lightning strikes the plane. And, uh, you know, everybody gets uh, sent out as turbulence starts to, like, build and the plane starts going down. Um, the plane crash lands. A few people are taken out of the uh, out of the plane, Deadshot and Bruce Wayne included. And they are stuck in uh, some random island in the Pacific. Full page spread of this uh, this wreck, you know. And where Mr. Freeze comes in is in the very end of this little, like, post credit scene where... Um, He's, uh, I guess, Freeze is using Lex Luthor's technology to revive his uh, wife, Nora. Yeah, that's really cool. I wonder what was in it for Luthor. I mean, I know he's been gifting everybody, but... Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens. Uh, I, I'm excited to see what how Mr. Freeze plays into it, and I'm glad that... The, I really like this issue, comparative to how Tomasi started off his run. This is yeah. way better. Uh, yeah, this is this is. I'm interested in what's going to happen next, which I couldn't say about the uh, the other other arcs. Yeah, I do like Deadshot as anything. a villain too. It's a pretty cool like ultimate. Yeah, this is going to be lit. Yeah, so. wasn't Deadshot just on his team? No, no. I think he's no, out he of wasn't. the Suicide Squad. I I guess because he's is the outside Suicide Squad around. even around. Anymore? Yeah, they have. They, I think they still have a series going. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, this was a cool issue. Uh, <laughs> I, I never wanted to lose faith in Tomasi. I think he's a great writer, and I hope this is where he starts to pick it up and make Detective his run in Detective Comics something memorable. Uh, but with that being said, uh, do we have anything left? Do we have one more? Uh, just the carnages. Oh, yeah, real oh, quick. Do you want me to hit a button first? Go for it. Okay, uh, what have we got? So, wait, I got one. It's carnage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, absolute carnage, uh, scream, and separation anxiety. Okay. Real quick. So, scream, right? Um, this was a character. I thought her name was Deja Vu. All right. For forever. Do you, know why, do you know why I thought her name was Deja Vu? Why? Because I went on a ride at Universal Studios in Orlando, and um, it was a Spider-Man Spider ride, uh, ride. They never said the name, but he says, oh, this must be deja vu. I was a little kid. I didn't know that that meant, oh, something, like he was making a joke because, oh, mm -hmm. it's another Venom symbiote thing. Mm. So I thought that was her name forever. Okay, yeah. That's it. Uh, Scream is one of the uh, the spawn of Venom. So, you know, and that's yeah. all you really need to know. Uh, I wasn't thrilled about Scream. I just thought it was kind of boring. I don't I don't know who any of these characters are. Well, that's the thing. Is, the this is why I wasn't, like, initially stoked about Absolute Carnage is that I'm not... I think like the multiple symbiotes thing was always overkill. I always think yeah. I always thought we just kind of needed venom and in, in and carnage. carnage at the most. But yeah, at like the most. all these other dudes are kind of like we just have the same powers and we are basically venom again and again and again. It just makes it tacky. Like I don't care about all the. But I will lines. say the sister series to this, uh, Absolute Carnage Separation Anxiety, is way better because it's not yes. like a straight superhero story. Uh, like Scream is. It's more of a horror book, and it's a really effective one at that. Uh, basically, I could totally see this as a movie. It's really like yeah, drawn right? that way. It makes for a great horror comic where um, there's the five, the four other Spawn of Venom who have been trapped inside of a dog, all sharing a host of a dog because apparently 
they fought Deadpool and lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I seen a little tidbit about that. Like that was really wild <laughs> that they so, referenced this. At the end of that series, they seem to have taken over this dead dog or something. And then they walk into this uh this abusive type family, you know. Uh they're they're introduced by their daughter, by the daughter of the family, and the parents are arguing, you know, and basically the symbiotes slowly take over each one of their bodies. But I'm not sure if the girl gets at the end. Yeah, but not I mean, maybe she's just stubborn enough to hold on to her uh uh um her okay. psyche. Well, they're supposed to be you know, that's how the symbiotes kind of work, you know. Some yeah. of them take over more so than others based on the whoever the host is. Some yeah. people could control it better. Yeah, I, if there's any uh tie-in I recommend, it's this one so far. Uh as Dude, the rest of the family's acting normal. It's funny. They packed up and they they're, they're loading the car up and they're ready to drive to New York because, you know, that's where shit is going to go down. Yeah. Um, and she's just like, oh, my God, my family is fucking Venom symbiotes. a bunch of dorks. Oh. Has to go a whole, yeah, what a bunch of dorks. I really hope they, they, they take out a route where we get to see them on this, like, road trip. Yeah. Instead of it all just being in New York. Yeah. I mean, uh, are there uh, more... Uh, Dude, the, the mom, the, the pan, all right, so, the, so after all, all right, so they capture the girl, and for some reason, the symbiote doesn't attach her. That's why I oh, think no, that- Oh, no, dude. This is the only uh, separation anxiety tie-in. That's it? Yeah. Ah. But I will say, this is a pretty good one. Uh, I'm pretty happy about it. It's a very interesting book. It's very It sets itself apart from what I imagine the other books are going to be, because everybody else is just familiar characters fighting against Carnage. Yeah. But uh, definitely of the two, pick this one up. Uh. I'm gonna start. We're gonna. I'm gonna try to do this tournament bracket style. Each one of these tie-ins gets one issue to impress me, because these are a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to go broke, Marvel. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, but in any case, uh, that was the absolute carnages, and I believe that's our show. Uh, thank you guys for joining us this week. Uh, uh, if you guys have any criticism, suggestions, if you guys have like favorite story arcs i know i put out a thing on instagram earlier today and there was short notice in case you saw it and you wanted to contribute couldn't think of something in time uh shoot us it i'll read it real quick next week make a quick segment out of it of your picks uh follow us on instagram and twitter uh, i'm at the chris espinal chris espinal uh joshua cole at jd cole underscore 37 new jump city on both platforms follow us on spotify we got that um youtube do that give us a review uh, any review is nice. It would be pretty fire. Uh, very much appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us. See you next week. Peace out. Give me 50, give me what you got, girl.